Hello and welcome to another episode of ABA Unfiltered. I'm your host, Tim Crilly, and today we have a very special episode. And I know that sounds like a 1980 sitcom about uh, me, you know, Willis smoking or something like that. But it's special because for the first time ever, we're doing a live sitting together in the same room, even though everyone's being very quiet as I talk. We are all in the same room and I am joined today by the Blue Sprig Learning and Performance Development Team. And rather than name them off and then have them introduce themselves, I think we'll just go around the room, introduce, um, and then get started and talk a little bit about what their department does and how that impacts sort of the whole organization here at Blue Sprig, uh, from clinical to ops to onboarding, everything involved with being ready to go out and, and do your job with, with within the organization. So Amanda, why don't you kick it off Introduce yourself. Give us the Cliff Nose versions because we're limited on time and we have a lot of people here. I'm Amanda Fulbright. I'm the VP of Learning and Performance Development, or LPD. I'm Rachel Heckfeld, and I am a content manager for the LPD. Great. Hi, I'm April Foreman. I'm the Clinical Initiatives Manager for LPD. And I am Andrew Bumstrom. I am the Learning and Performance Development Manager for LPD. Okay, and Andrew, we met last week. Um, he's also the producer of the podcast, so he's doing double duty today, producing and um, guesting, I guess is, is the word. I don't, I don't know if that's a word, but okay. So thanks, guys. You know, we tried to have this um, this session in the first season, and I, I didn't have a producer that day, and I messed it up, and Rachel was living through a hurricane, and doors were blowing open. So it was, it was good that maybe that episode never made it to air, but I, I am glad that we're getting a chance to, to do it today. So um, I'm going to let you guys kind of dive in and, you know, you can raise your hands. You can, however, give eye contact to each other, whoever wants to answer questions. But I, I think th the best place to start is what is the overall function of your guys's team. So it's a small team for a very large organization. So could you give us a sense for you know, what you guys, what you do, what's your, what's your overall um, goal from a daily to weekly to monthly to year, yearly basis? So if you all want to take a little piece of that, go ahead. I'll, I'll be quiet for a minute. Well, first we're in charge of all of the new hire training and onboarding for all of our employees, clinical operations, support services, um, everyone we are in charge to make sure that they get on and start off on a good foot, um, learning stuff about place work specific compliance things, um, everything they need to know uh, for their position. And then we hand it off to, you know, their local managers and they do a lot of hands-on training and just get on the job experience in whatever position that they're in. Um, but something that we're really proud of is that performance is also in our department. And so we're really focusing on helping people perform to the best of their ability at their jobs, because when we're all performing at our best, our clients benefit. Anything to add to that? So well, let's, let's talk a little bit more, I guess, about what your individual roles are in, in that process, because you all introduced yourself with a slightly different category. Um, so, you know, Rachel, in, from that standpoint, from Amanda's description, where do you fit in? What sort of things do you do to, to push that mission forward? Sure. So I am the content manager and also a BCBA. And so I develop a lot of the clinical specific training and the things that I do to kind of make that happen 
are a lot of continuing education. So I get the opportunity to kind of stay ahead in both our field and the adult learning kind of fields. Um, And then having the opportunity to um, actually create the trainings that that go into learn upon that are delivered to our clinicians. Yeah, I have heard your voice a lot going, I, going through the CEU process. I get that so, a lot. Yes, uh, oh, you're that voice I've heard. <laughs> yes. oh, okay, yeah. Okay. What about you, doctor? Um, in my role, I really um, enjoy being able to analyze our data and help people be able to do their jobs as effectively and efficiently as possible. So I spend a lot of time in Excel and I love it. I love Excel. Um, I also really like the problem solving piece I get to do of like if you're having a performance challenge, really getting to take in all the information and analyze it and kind of figure out where your pain points are. And then we can come up with the solution to help you solve those. And I am the non-clinician of the group. Um, So my primary focus is more on the technical and operational side of the training world. Um, So currently I'm creating some new trainings for Central Reach with all the updates, Um, you know, any training on any of the technical platforms we use, as well as trying to develop trainings for our operational and support services staff. Great. And I failed to mention they're all wearing ridiculous hats. So uh, uh, Andrew has an octopus, purple octopus on his head, and we'll just leave it at that. Um, okay, so how does the process work? Because you know, we you, you talk about you know Amanda and I talk a lot, and you know, you guys are sort of like that center spoke on a wagon wheel, and you know, you sort of you kind of go around and you touch all departments. So, what is the process for? Um, you know, we don't have to go end to end, but you know, the sort of the the beginning stages of of why a training needs to occur, how you're interacting with a department that m- might be needing the training, to then that completion, and then sort of getting it out there and we'll get to the, the the delivery system in a minute, but what's the process look like for you guys as it relates to something as, as, you know, mundane as, you know, center maintenance as all the way up through um, safety measures when it comes to behavior in the, in the clinics as well. So if a department uh, that one of our departmental um, partners recognizes that there might be a training need, then they reach out to us and we, we have a process that we go through. It's, um, you know, for lack of a better term, it's kind of an assessment of their needs and what they want uh, the output to be from uh, our employees. And so then we kind of assess how many employees are we talking about here and, and what really do they want out of it? And then uh, we make recommendations. So that might be a training. And it might not be a training, it might be a job aid, or it might be, um, you know, just a webinar or something like that. It might be just some resources that we don't even develop that we just uh, put them in touch with. So we really take it through that assessment and then we make some recommendations. And then depending on what the topic is or what recommendation we've made, one of the four of us will partner with them uh, to create the content if that's needed. Um, So if it's clinical, a lot of times it's Rachel, if it's ops or technical, a lot of times it's Andrew. And, uh, and then we, we go through a a process from there. So it's not just, it's not always all putting your heads together. There are specific people on the team that have specific specialties Mm -hmm. and they can just kind of go off and and, and do it. Yeah, that's, that's right. That speaks to leadership. I would, I would imagine. Uh, Okay. So, um, learning management system. What is it? 
how does it work and why does it maybe make us a little bit different as a um, as an organization? Yeah, so currently our learning management system that we use is LearnUpon. Um, all of our employees get access to this uh, platform upon hire. It allows us to quickly deliver all of our training content to the employees um, right from day one, from the moment they start, they have access to all the content they would need for onboarding, uh, as well as a plethora of resources at their disposal if they have any general questions like Amanda mentioned, some of those job aids or just on the spot training they may need to learn more information about any particular topic, those are available to them. Also, their managers can request trainings if they see that a particular individual needs additional assistance in a particular area. They can reach out to the learning and performance development team um, for suggestions and or to request access to certain courses to help them develop the skills that they need to be successful. Um, it's also where we can kind of also make sure from a compliance standpoint, we can track a lot of those requirements that our payers have from the compliance standpoint. Uh, to just to ensure that all of our clinicians are meeting the standards they need to meet uh, to keep their certifications and licenses um, to keep our payers happy. So it's like a library it is. In, in a way. Yeah. Okay. So it's a library that um, everyone has access to. So April, how many trainings do you think are in there? Oh my goodness. A lot. Oh, okay. That narrows it down. Um, would you say, um, does it lean heavy on cl clinical stuff at this point? Is that the, the, the probably the more updated? Uh, okay, so is there a process for, um, okay, maybe we have a training that maybe now is seems antiquated. Do you guys sort of go through an audit and, and edit those? Yeah. Rachel, why don't you tell yeah. Tim about what we're doing this week with the RBT stuff? Oh my goodness. So we had launched the RBT course in September of 2019 when we changed the task list to, and that was going pretty smoothly. And then COVID hit and we made some down and dirty quick adjustments. And, you know, we're, we're hopefully envisioning the future now where we're going to be able to get back to more normal functioning, um, whether or not COVID mm -hmm. likes that <laughs> we'll see. Um, but we're revamping. We took a lot of feedback that we've gotten from OMs and clinical directors and um, the people in the field and the RBTs themselves. And we've made a lot of changes to that course sequence and the way that the users are going to be able to interact with that. So we do have kind of these larger projects that we work on. And I would say, look at and make big changes, you know, at longer intervals just because it affects so many people sure. but for the individual courses we have a maintenance library and so they get looked at at minimum annually if we think it's something that's content is likely to change like the bacb has new ethics coming out sure so we know we're going to have to look at anything with ethics in the next quarter um so we just kind of make those determinations based on the content sure so but i think that speaks highly of the quality of, of training that is available. If you guys are saying, okay, this doesn't work anymore, this doesn't make sense, or hey, this didn't land right and you guys are revamping it, I, I think that really speaks highly of the, the quality of the team and, and the work you guys are doing. Uh, because you know it's easy to just let things, and eh, we did it, it's there, it's fine. But if you really want to push forward with the best possible results, you have to constantly be looking at you know, looking behind to make sure you're, you know, kind of looking in, into the future. I think we spend 
probably at this stage, more time looking at the maintenance of our resources and our courses than we do developing new content just at, at this stage of our organization and how long we as a department have been doing this. Um, we, we probably do spend more time on maintenance and it also has changed our strategy. When we're creating content, we now look forward and say, is this likely to change? How can we devise it in a way that it's going to cause the least disruptions if we have to change this yeah. in a little bit? Are there any specific stats you're proud of? I mean, do you guys, what kind of data do you guys track um, as it relates to learning? Uh, so for our RBT and BT training program, we um, keep track of how long it takes our staff to complete their 40-hour training and be ready to work independently with learners. We also keep track of how many days it takes them to obtain their RBT certification as well as the pass rate on that. And that is a program that really is in maintenance. I think the content is really solid and our pass rate is consistently in the 90s. Um, so that's one we're really proud of. That was kind of our first big program we released. And so maintaining that and seeing that data stay consistent and up there in the 90s is really um, inspiring. And we're really proud of that. Um, trying to think of some other ones. Um, we also take uh, keep data on our internship program for 2020. We had a 90% pass rate, first time pass rate for people that participated in our internship program, which were very proud of and uh, trying to maintain that high quality through 2021. Okay, so the internship was on page three and it was time permitting. So let's, since you brought it up, let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit about that. And then I wanna go back uh, to something, but I think it's an important um, piece of all of this. So, uh, you know, okay, we can bring in a new person, they get trained to, to be a, an RBT and, and they go out and do their job. You can hire a BCBA and they get trained to do things the, the Blue Spring way. Mm -hmm. But can you talk more about the internship program, what that is and how your team is sort of uh, in lockstep with that? So in late 2019, uh, the, the three of us, April, Rachel and I uh, sat down and said, you know, what, what was the internship program we wish we had? And we, you know, brainstormed and then we took it to uh, a work group of people in our organization that were currently uh, in process to become a BCBA and people that were BCBAs. And we tried to choose people that have been BCBAs for you know, many years and brand new ones and just to try to get a um, breadth of, of experience. And we we sat down and we said, OK, this is this is the ideal internship program. Now, how can we make it? Um, work for Blue Spring. And uh, so we designed a program in which our interns go through, um, they're completing all of their hours, their unrestricted hours and restricted hours. They're going through the entire task list. And at the end, they're prepared to take the BCBA exam, but they're also prepared to be a clinical supervisor, which is lacking. Are, they're two different, they're two different things, <laughs> right. certainly. And, and so, you know, they can do a real life job, not just take a take test, a test. Yeah. is, is the entire goal of that, um, that program. Sure. But you also need to, you know, you really need to prepare them to pass that exam because yeah. if they don't pass that exam. What's the point? Yeah. It's the minimum yeah. threshold. Yeah, it is. So. it is, but it's an important one because mm -hmm. if, if you're not getting folks ready to do that, 
then you've just been spinning your, your wheels. Mm -hmm, um, you know, mm -hmm. so that's it's the, the balance must be the hard part yeah. of that it's because it'd be, it'd be easy to just focus on one or the other mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. call it a day. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what was that passer rate on that? It was 90% in 2020. Okay. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. I don't know what the national average is, but it's probably lower than it's that. Like 68. Okay. <laughs> 68. <laughs> okay. Like okay. Well, we'll look it up later. We'll do a, we'll do a corrections episode okay. at the end of the season yeah. if needed. Okay. So thank you. I'm, I'm glad we got a chance to, to talk a little bit about that, but I think one other thing we wanted to touch on that makes you guys and your team a little bit um, different than, than the rest of the field is you have some sort of accreditation that I know you all know exactly what it is right off the top of your head at any given moment, but we'll look to Andrew to maybe talk a little bit more about what that accreditation is. Yes. So our, our training department is accredited. We are accredited through the Accrediting Alliance for Training and Development. Uh, what this means is that we have met international standards in training and development for quality and demonstrate our commitment to pursuing excellence through service that are measurable, accountable, and of the highest quality. Wow, is that right off the top of your head? Yeah, I have. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, okay, so what does that mean? What that means is that we had to go through an application process and the, the AATD looked at our training content to ensure that the way that we as a training department function and the content that we deliver goes through the, mess, the necessary steps, as Amanda kind of mentioned during our process, to make sure that the content that we're outputting to our, our, our peers meets the standards that make sure that they are receiving the, the information they need in a way that is uh, relevant to what the skills or knowledge that they need to achieve. Um, so just make sure that we are meeting standards in our development process and the way that we are releasing content to our employees to ensure that they're getting the best experience possible from the training that we're delivering. That's great. So what sort of maintenance is involved in that? Is that like a one-time thing or is it, um, you have it's to, a three you, year so you have, you have to re, 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 go through the process mm -hmm. or, okay. Yep. So when is that up? Uh, 2022. Okay. So it's coming up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I, I can't speak enough about, you know, what you guys just for me and my professional development ha have meant because I probably wouldn't have maintained my BCBA if it hadn't been for Amanda <laughs> staying after me. So I do appreciate the quality of, of work that you guys do and just sort of how you do consider each, each level of this organization and, it doesn't ever feel like there's a, an, a, an importance placed on one group over another group, which I think is, 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 is a really strong statement about who we are as, as an organization. So I, I do appreciate that. And, and, you know, with that, we can you know, give a little round of applause mm -hmm. to you guys. Um, what did we miss is what's next? What do you guys, you know, what do you foresee as the next sort of phase in, in your team? Uh, you know, what is 2021, second half and 22 going to bring to your little department oh man we we stopped predicting the future oh okay uh, and and uh in 2020 um <laughs> we, we stopped trying to predict the future but um we have we have some exciting projects on the table uh in terms of you know the internship program continuing to move the bar and and you know continuing to um work with our operations team. Uh, like you said earlier, uh, we are a little bit heavier on the clinical side. And um, I mean, that's because they're the it's a clinical people, business. Yeah, it's yeah. a clinical business. And, uh, and those are the people that work directly with our clients. Mm -hmm. But our ops team 
is vital to our organization and this is the success of our organization. So we're going to continue to um, invest in our ops team. And uh, also we have some exciting things in store in terms of uh, training with our BCBAs, um, partnering with the Cedar Group on some things uh, coming up. Uh, we are working on the Sprigs and Sprouts program, which is patent pending, patent pending, <laughs> um, which is going to be um, great for our early learners and for okay. our clinicians that are going to work with our early learners. So okay. those are some exciting projects. Yeah. April, sound like you were going to say something? No? Okay, nothing to add. I, I would just add okay, that, great. We, that, that we are also working in the short term because we did stop predicting the future <laughs> on um, getting some tools ready to help our clinicians prepare for the changes to the RBT task list in 2022, the supervision standards in 2022, and our new ethical standards in 2022. So we it's know, an, we know those are coming. Sure, and it's an ever evolving, <laughs> ever evolving process for you guys there's no like we're done put a fork in it and, and move on you have just, to constantly be looking at it just as we think we have like arrived the BACB will put out a notice yes. of something <laughs> and we're like okay let's let's put that on a project plan yeah yeah you guys ever say no if someone comes to you and says like hey we need this training yes you do you you're allowed to okay well and I mean we 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 don't just say no we say no but here are some solutions we can offer you that we think will better suit your needs. Um, because if somebody wants us to put together a one hour training, it's not just our time that we're, we're looking at to develop that. That is an hour for, out of, out, you know, day. all of yeah. these people. And that's an hour they can be working with our clients or doing something else. And if that's not what they need, then that's not what we're going to sure. do. If I can give you a job aid that you know, tells you how to do something in three quick steps, I'm not going to make you take an hour training. So we do say no. Yeah, that's a good point because you know you can you can get caught up and train, train, train. That'll fix everything, but then it can create you know obstacles with with other with other areas. Mm -hmm. so. Some, sometimes training is not even needed. Sometimes we just need to clarify like expectations or yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Okay. Well, you know, I, I, I really appreciate it. I think this is, this is great information and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, more people hear about the internship program and, you know, not only internally, but maybe in an external fashion and, and want to come on and then they can just get a sense of what the onboarding looks like and, and really understand what, what you guys are all about throughout the process. But I know internally everyone here, um, they, you are appreciated, um, you know, and, and I think it, it really helps a lot of people do their job a lot better. And that's what we're trying to do. So it's cool that we have a, a team like you, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Can I plug? Amanda, is there anything you need to plug? Any upcoming <laughs> events that you might want to talk about? Yes. Yes, there is. Um, in October, we're really excited that we are having our second annual clinical conference. And we have um, decided that we're going to continue to do this conference virtually. We started it virtually out of necessity because of COVID, but because everyone can access the uh, the event virtually, we don't have to bring people together and, and um, physically and then take them away from their centers and their clients. So we're gonna to continue to do that virtually and that'll be in October. We have six awesome speakers lined up uh, to speak to us and, 
Let me tell you who they are. I would love to know. Am I allowed to know? <laughs> you are allowed to know. Okay. So we have uh, Jonathan Tarbox. Heard and, of him? Uh, yes. And we have Tim Vollmer. And we have Vivian Ibanez and we have uh, Stefano Bagato and we have uh, a panel from Dr. Michael Cummings, uh, Janelle Van Cleve and Dr. Michael Cameron are going to do a panel on trauma-informed care. I'm going to facilitate that discussion. So, yeah. And we also have Peter Gerhardt, which we're so excited that we got uh, to come speak to us. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a good event. Did Rachel pull that off? Is that? No. No. Oh, okay. Well, nothing to do with it. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I, I thought it was a cool topic. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> So that's open to internal or is this yep. an external it's employees only employee only. Yeah. So it's exclusive. It's exclusive. Okay. So um, it's a, you, would you call it a, a benefit of working at Blue Spring? I would. Okay. So if, if you'd like to partake, you know, check I, will, out. I will be there. <laughs> I will be there. You can come. And if anyone is not an employee listening, they can check out our careers webpage. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and just in time, October, you have plenty of time to get on, get onboarded. Yeah. Um, well, that, that sounds really great. I know that's a lot of work, you guys, it's going to be a big sigh of relief when it's over. And then the next day you can get started on, on next year's. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like at the elf when they, Santa gets back and he's like, let's start preparations for next year's Christmas. Yep. Yep. Um, so, um, guys, again, I, I thank you for, for, for doing this. It was really fun to do it live. Andrew, thank you for producing this. I, I think it taught us that we can maybe take the show on the road a little bit, which so. could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, it feels a little bit more nerve wracking with everyone staring at me, but um, I think we did okay. I, you know, think we'll see. I will listen to it yeah, and see how it turned out. But um, thanks again, everybody out there listening. Um, stay tuned for more episodes of ABA Unfiltered. And thanks again. Thanks, thank you. you.